0: Come unto me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Some of the best-known words in Matthew's gospel. I often wonder what these have sounded like to Jesus' first hearers. Scholars tell us that at least one third of the population of the Roman Empire were slaves. What would it have sounded like? It would have sounded like revolution, presumably. The idea that you could be relieved of your heavy burden as a slave. So did when Jesus kept talking about the kingdom of heaven, as he does in Matthew, or the kingdom of God in the other gospels. Kingdom was a word that represented how a place was governed. We have a commonwealth. Jesus lived in an empire. But one of the great glories of Israel was the kingdom of David, the kingdom is where everything happens. It's the encompassing of all how Everything is done. So it must have sounded like revolution, not only to the people who were hearing Jesus' words, but to those who owned slaves. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Presumably, there are other yokes that are not easy and there are other burdens that are not light. It's full of revolution. But what does it mean for us today? What else is Jesus saying that we can find some, something to draw from? I think the first part of the text gives us some really good indications because Jesus says, Look, John came neither eating nor drinking, and you said he had a demon. The Son of Man, meaning himself, came eating and drinking... And you said, look, he's, got, he's a glutton, he's a drunk, and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Whatever John and Jesus were doing was very disturbing and upsetting. And I think they become, in this text, if you like, metaphors for the human condition, metaphors for what it means to be human. They reveal the things that we like to keep covered John told hard truths. The first thing we know John is saying is, you brood of vipers. They're right at the beginning of his ministry. He called people to repent. He told people the truth about the destructiveness of human beings to ourselves and to each other. People came and they were fascinated by what John had to say. One of the Gospels says that everybody from Jerusalem came to hear him. But he was fanatical. He lived out in the desert. He ate weird food and he dressed poorly. It's okay to hear somebody say these things, but to really live them out, the truth of our own destructiveness. But Jesus Jesus was a problem in a different way. After his baptism, it said, he went out and proclaimed the good news and healed all the sick and all who came. He said to people, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. All of us together, tax collectors and sinners, anybody. Jesus lived, he called himself son of man, which also could be translated as human one. And we're not quite clear what Jesus meant by it. But one of the clear things he must have meant is that this is the way human beings are called to live. We are full of light. We are the salt, the ingredient in the earth that makes it come alive. Christianity has always insisted on a truthful view of of human beings. We are terribly destructive to each other and to ourselves. You only need to wake up in the middle of the night to think about that. You only need to read a small amount of our history. But Christianity insists on a full view of being human, that we are glorious. We are the light of the world. We are both at the same time. This is why we have the dragon all the way through Western mythology. Because the dragon has the wings of an angel thinking mythologically, the wings of an angel and the body of a serpent, both glorious and depraved, both wonderful and destructive, all in the same thing. And all the way through Western mythology, people are trying to sort of kill dragons. It's as if we're trying to kill the truth of who we are. Jesus complained using possibly a proverb. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. There are prescribed ways of thinking about our destructiveness, the negativity of what it means to be human. There are prescribed ways of being full of joy. And you've got to do them that way. But Jesus and John didn't. John lived out in public view in a kind of metaphorical way, what it looked like to be a human being at our worst. He lived in the desert where there was nothing. He wore camel hair. He ate small amounts of food that he was able to grab from what was around him. That's the truth of who we are. We live so often in a desert. We live so often as if we're not fully alive. But Jesus, of course, lived out the opposite of that, which is also true. He lived out the, the joy and the wonder of life and the gathering of everyone in, so much so that you could easily describe him as a drunk and a glutton. Their crime, both of them, was to live full human lives together. They were the kind of metaphor of both sides of what it meant to be human. They lived that fully out and they paid for their crimes. Both of them, they suffered. Because we want to kill these truths. When there's, We don't want them to be lived out alive. Because, of course, to mourn, to live fully in the destructiveness of what it means to be human, we're really not very good at that. We all know people who, when they're grieving, will say, I feel so alone. All the people who I thought would come and comfort me avoiding me. And people often say, well, I don't know what to say. I feel really uncomfortable to go and see someone when they're grieving because we don't want to touch that part of us. We don't want to deal with the fact that this isn't going to go on for very much longer for any of us, even the youngest of us here. It's not going to go on for that much longer, not in the entire stretch of the existence of the universe. We're a tiny blip. We don't want to deal with that. But equally so we worry and sort of get a bit embarrassed by people who live fully alive, enjoy, embracing what's happening. We kind of want to live smaller lives. But Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. The heavy burden for us is the performance of our lives as Quieter, smaller, littler, less engaged, are putting the brake on, not letting people know who we really are as human beings, not living full lives, just getting by, being polite and being nice and being not too much trouble, just living an ordinary life, and then that's it. But Jesus and John are both saying. Life is not that. Life is much fuller and bigger. It is all of the pain that you are suffering and have suffered and will suffer. It is all of the joy that is available to you in every moment. When we walk outside and watch the sun glinting off the rain uh, on the footpath, that's a great moment of joy if you want it. Jesus' yoke, when he says, take my yoke upon you, is full humanness. That's why it's an easy yoke, because it's who we are called and meant to be. The children of God, with God's DNA built into us. To take on Jesus' yoke is to live fully and alive. And to learn from Jesus is to see what Jesus is doing, which is living the full life. Even if you might end up being called a drunk and a glutton. It's feeling and experiencing and living out the depths of our destructiveness to ourselves, to each other, and the height of our glorious loveliness, which sounds embarrassing even for me to say it, just how lovely you are. Well, yeah, well, you say that because I'm, you know, I'm wearing my good Sunday clothes and I'm smiling and you wouldn't... No, you just are Why are you lovely? Because that's the way you were created to be. You just are. Do you live like that all the time? Of course not. Do you live like that any of the time? Wouldn't that be great? Just a small amount of the time. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lots of us here are retired. Some of us aren't. Me, not yet. One day, maybe. I don't know. Have you learnt if you no longer have to achieve and do stuff in our culture? Have you learnt to rest? I have a friend who's just retired and he's busier now than when he was working and he's proud of the fact that he is. And I said to him, Why are you so busy? Well, he said, oh, there's some interesting things that I want to do and there's contributions I want to make. Fantastic. But I asked him, because we're very close, I said, are you running away from anything? And he said, yeah, I think I, I'm not willing yet to rest because I'm frightened. If I do nothing, what I will find within myself. It's a very insightful understanding of himself have you learned to rest because if we can't rest in who we are not rest in what i've achieved what i own what i'm wearing who i'm with my reputation but rest in the truth that i'm a human being made by god we're frightened what if there's nothing there what if i rest and there's just the hollowness What if the self consists not in what you do, but in who you intimately, intricately are made by God? Let me read the last part of the text Alan read to us in a different translation. A guy called Eugene Peterson, who died two or three years ago, rewrote the Gospels in a different translation called The Message, where he took went back to the Greek and tried to find the Greek that would appear in our world in an ordinary language. So he wrote it this way, and I think it's really powerful and it's a good way for us to finish. Are you tired? Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you will recover your life. And you will learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen.